0: Nate um I don't know what's going on recently but like so I saw that ugnot over there he's been sitting down this entire time I haven't seen him do a single thing
1: uh I'm not seeing the ugnot you're talking about um the one over there
0: in that teeny tiny like little chair that completely encompasses his like entire body I mean, I get it. It's probably hard to get out of that thing. It does not look like it's very, you know, ergonomic for getting in and out of. But uh,
1: you mean the the uh, ugnot that doesn't have the pig nose and is wearing an Atlanta Brave shirt? Yeah, man. I don't judge. Yeah, that's not an ugnot. That's that's my kid. That's that. I, I I didn't have a sitter, so I brought him with me today. I'm pretty, dude. I mean,
0: we're in Cloud City Casino. I've seen a ton of Ugnaughts. I know what an Ugnaught looks like.
1: <laughs> okay, whatever, man. I'm, I'm going to try not to be offended and punch you. So, you, 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 the, yes, yes. What what else did you need? I just,
0: I mean, can you get him to do something? I mean, if he's going to sit there this entire time not doing anything, I am not going to pay him.
1: I'm pretty sure we established last time you don't pay me either. So. Oh, yeah. Enjoy, Enjoy your, stay your stay at Cloud City Casino. What What have we here? I suggest a new strategy. You truly really belong here with us on the club.
0: Don't get excited! Welcome, scoundrels, to another episode of Cloud City Casino, your destination for Star Wars and gaming. And I'd like to thank you for visiting our fabulous podcast, Among the Clouds. I'm the administrator of this facility and your host, Michael Morris. And with me, that other guy, Nathan P. Butler.
1: Hey, hey, hey. And no, I'm not kidding the the opening was not a joke um we are recording here trying for our first time doing so with baby Cade in the room so we can record during the day while my wife is at work so he is a uh, he's about 2 feet away he is watching uh, Tom and Jerry with no sound and he will probably be watching Scooby Doo at some point with no sound because that's about all that uh, Boomerang actually airs these days <laughs> um but if you hear any like little baby sounds in the background that's just him chilling um, or it could we're be me. That this will work well during the day, so that we can record when it's a little bit more convenient and uh, be a little bit easier to get episodes out to you. Uh, so far, so good. He's digging that a uh, Tom and Jerry so far, even though he's probably seen this episode a million times. <laughs> he doesn't know the difference. He doesn't even exactly, remember last Tuesday. He's a baby. Exactly, and he's not going to work for you. So it's, <laughs> okay. I know. The you explain. Is, Cloud City Casinos, take your child to work day. You That's explain child labor laws and how that works. I get it. Well, here in the Outer Rim, wait, is this? The, yeah, this is the Outer Rim, right? The NOAT system? Yeah. Uh, here in the Outer Rim, uh, child labor laws don't mean much.
0: Yeah, but I told you. That's right. why you could
1: have slavery on Tatooine and stuff. Yeah, but
0: I, I told you, we're, we're not a part of any of the mining guilds.
1: That's good, because their TIE Fighters look weird.
0: <laughs> right? You've got, like, <laughs> one-eighth of a TIE Fighter. Or, I guess, seven-eighths of a TIE Fighter. There we go. But
1: they're yellow, which is cool. Actually, I do <laughs> like the design of the Mindy yeah. size, let's they're say. Cool. Uh, yeah, oh, Yeah, exactly. He's like, uh, oh, down on there. Yeah, he just loves those TIE Fighters, too. <laughs> um, so... So last time we talked a lot about video game news because it's been a while, um, and we said that we'd hit the tabletop stuff this time, and there's a lot of tabletop games for Star Wars through Fantasy Flight Games. So how do you want to do this? Are we talking, like, updates for each game, or is there a particular approach you want to take? Because, uh, I mean, they've got quite a few things out there on the table, so to speak.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that we should probably just hit each game and then kind of talk about what little bit of information may or may not be out there right now, as far as, like, new... Um, you know, new content or, you know, whatever news has been announced.
1: Okay. So let me start us off then. Um, Star Wars Armada. Armada actually has the thing that I'm very excited about when it comes to a pre-order, but I'm afraid it's going to break the game, which is the executor, right? The Super Star Destroyer, that $200 expansion for what is probably a dying game, um, (laughs) for Armada that uh, I'm ordering through Miniature Market, but even there it's 160 or so. Um, It looks really cool. We saw the Mini at a convention. It was in a nice display case. looked really nice. And yet, we haven't heard squat about it really since the announcement. It's just sitting there as a pre-order, and we haven't really seen any other announcements for Armada otherwise. So two questions that come to my mind. One is... Do you think that this superstar Star Destroyer is going to break the game since we haven't really heard much about how it's going to work? Like whether it's maybe something that, that missions are based around rather than being something being actually used? Um, I don't know how it's going to play. But two, do we think that Armada is dead or about to die? And if so, will we even see this or are they going to cancel the Executor?
0: That's those are really good questions I, I think honestly, um like I wouldn't bet one way or the other, you know, um because is it did they give a a, a release time? Did, did they not ever, as
1: I recall. Okay. um I'll take a look and see as we're talking here, but I don't remember them announcing any kind of of time for It was just sort of a coming soon. And they at least had a packaging mock-up because that showed up on the the, uh, pre-order sites already. But otherwise, it hasn't really been much of a peep.
0: Right, right. I'm actually running through something right now. So it looks like it was announced back in August. Um, Okay, so it says um, it's supposed to release in the first quarter of 2019.
1: Right, So. so they've got the rest of this month, next month, and then the following month. And that is... It, which is not a whole lot of time for something that they haven't really promoted at all. Like especially if you're talking about getting people interested enough to jump into it and spend two hundred dollars. Right. Exactly. He's even freaking out. Two hundred dollars. <laughs> he goes, Do you an- know how much baby food that is? That's like that, that's totally like four cans of beans. I was about to say not that much actually <laughs> but maybe you know four cans a little <laughs> bit more than four cans but not all that much um but yeah I mean it's it's it strikes me as odd. We don't have a lot of hope based on the news, the lack of news, that Armada is going to keep going. And yet here's this massive $200 expansion ship that's coming. And um, now did they – in where they announced it, I don't remember them ever saying anything about it. But did they talk about how the gameplay would even work? Because unless this is something like the Empire has just that and the rebels are trying to take it down or something, there is no rebel equivalent to this. So how on earth do you get a balanced game when you throw the executor into the mix? Or is this just a matter of them saying – (laughs) <laughs> you know what would be awesome? A superstar Destroyer. And with Armada, we can actually do it, so let's go out with a bang. I mean, what's the, what is the what is the rationale behind it in the game overall? I mean, especially since the game is dying. It seems like it's dying.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, I'm kind of wondering if it's not going to be a situation like how you play the... Um, I can't even remember the name of it, with X-Wing, you know, where you'll play the, the special rules with the larger ships...
1: Um, well, that's what I'm thinking. The epic mode. Yeah, epic. But there you go. The thing about that though is that with the epic mode, at least to some degree, now it's balanced because you've got those other larger ships, mm-hmm. um, where you've got sort of the campaign based around it. Um, I mean, I guess I could see it. It just seems like it's uh, there's not as as aside from the actual campaign that they released for Armada, Armada doesn't tend to provide scenario based play most of the time unlike how in x-wing a lot of the little uh, manuals that came with the expansions would sometimes give you like a very small mission scenario to do mm-hmm. um which sort of leaves this somewhat up in the air i'm trying to find information on it right now but everything i'm looking up about the executor on a uh, fantasy flights website just keeps pointing me to the lcg uh, you're, you get this massive product coming and you're like yeah i i'm, I'm not actually gonna announce anything about it. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It makes me wonder if I go to to upcoming products if it's even going to be listed on their website. Uh,
0: I don't know. You know, honestly, I think with it being quarter one um, or first quarter, that I, I think that it's probably going to show up. Um, I mean, one thing to mention. This, this thing is really cool, but one thing to mention because I know it matters to a lot of people. I, I think it's pretty close, but it's actually not um, in the proper scale.
1: Right. It's huge, Mm -hmm. but it's not, it's, but that's kind of like, um, I was just running into this with Nemesis that we talked about in the last episode, that, uh, game that I kickstarted that's just amazing. Um, because if you look at that, they did the same kind of thing. They try to keep everything in scale. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you get to the largest of the alien creatures, conceptually, the scale would have just been, so large it wouldn't have fit in the box, it wouldn't have been cost effective. So it's kind of one of those things where at the far end of a scale spectrum, you're gonna wind up with a bunch of fudging going on because it still has to be something that's you know available from a price point perspective. Um which again is kind of unfortunate. Now I'm looking at their the Fantasy Flight Games website. Um they have the announcement okay so the announcement you're you're right was back in august
2: mm-hmm.
1: um such a huge miniature serves as a stunning reminder of imperial might on the battlefield it says 24 inches from tip to tip um uh, I, I seem to remember um the president mentioning something about that <laughs> in debates um uh unparalleled size mm-hmm. uh and they show a comparison of it to the imperial and victory class star destroyers and those are both just awesome mm-hmm. um and it costs thirty-five points to equip um, with the emperor, but I'm looking at it, and it doesn't seem like it's saying anything at all in this news bite about campaign style play. Mm-hmm. All that I'm seeing is that it's expensive as hell to add to your uh, fleet, right? But not that there's anything specific. So I don't know. I just I. I I guess what we're going to be seeing is is some asymmetrical battles of one giant capital ship and some smaller capital ships versus a ton of smaller capital ships and starfighters coming in from the Rebel side. It just strikes me as – it it was an oddball to begin with. Mm -hmm. It's an oddball to still have hanging out there now that the game has announced nothing else whatsoever. And with X-Wing 2.0 going strong, seems like it's probably going to be on the chopping block.
0: yeah. Yeah, it's. Uh, I I think you're right. And the thing is, I almost wonder if it's not, almost a. And and you can tell me how you feel about you know whether this is actually the, um, how you you see it or not. But if it's maybe not a. Sort of like a last, um, I guess you'd say last gift to. Uh, the people who have who have stayed with this game and continued to support it, you know, of them saying, like, hey, you know what? We're not just going to, like, just end it. We're going to actually kind of have something really cool come out before we, you know, pull support for this game. And, and that's what this is planned. Because the thing is, I don't know where you really go from here. You know, I mean, even this was something that's kind of... Um, you know, it, it's not everyone's going to buy this. You know, not everybody who plays Armada is going to buy this thing. Uh, because, well, yeah,
1: at $200 right. retail, but I mean, that's
0: expensive. It's expensive, but I also don't think it's um, unwarranted. I mean, this oh, thing no, is it's massive. It's not
1: unwarranted. It's just right. for some for someone who's looking at this as a game that's dying, especially right. if this is a last hurrah Mm-hmm. Unless you're collecting it for the mods. Like my my buddy Eddie Vanderheiden, he's a, a fellow member of the timelining community. Mm-hmm. He picks up everything, but he picks them up so that he basically has the minis that he can put on display and have as a collection. Which is a great um, thing to do. A lot a of people do, do that. Exactly. Yeah. Which yeah. I'm going to wind up probably displaying most of mine at some point, mm-hmm. um, since I probably do that more than play at this point. But it's just, it's, I mean, you have to almost treat this as you're buying a model, not you're buying game components, because for the most part, the game's just not going to be. There. And I did look. Um. Also on there, the the cheapest way to deploy the Super Star Destroyer would be to deploy it as a Star Dreadnought Command prototype, which will be one of the uh, w- the variants. Most of the time with these ships, you have different variants of them, depending on the ship cards that you've got. Mm-hmm. Um, 220 points is the minimum to field the ship. That's a lot of points, too. Right. So I don't know. It's I mean, maybe it is sort of a last thing. I would like to think that it's one of those things where they're like, we announced it. People have pre-ordered it. People are excited for it. We're still going to get it out there. But you would think that if this is the last hurrah and it was in that kind of spirit, they would mention it's the last hurrah. Um, But then again, there's the marketing side that says, oh, no, no, don't mention it because then that would cut down on sales. But that would seem to undermine the the spirit of we're going to do it as a last hurrah for you, the fans. But we're not going to tell you. You know, it could kind of. It undermines the consumer-friendly aspect of if that was behind it. I'm assuming it's just they were going to make it. They're still going to make it right? But yeah, and, and see if they can make enough of a profit off it, but I don't see them going much beyond this one. Um, and there's not a whole lot of other capital ships that you can really make that much use with um, within canon unless you start dipping into other eras again.
0: Right. Right. And I mean, that's the thing. I mean, there, there are, yeah, you, you have to go into other eras, and I would be fine with them doing that, but I don't know if you would then have to turn around and, and do like a 2.0. And I don't think Armada would survive a
1: 2.0. Armada is barely surviving a 1.0. So yeah, a 2.0 relaunch would be a killer, an mm-hmm. absolute killer for Armada. But now if they could find a way to take what exists for Armada And this is a radical idea. They're never going to do it. But I think about the fact that with X-Wing 2.0, which we're going to get into, X-Wing 2.0, they've done some things like, for instance, the YT-1300 models are not interchangeable. You've got one type that's for scum and villainy, one type that's for resistance, one type that's for rebels. Um, You've got uh, the fact that they've repurposed some things, like the fire spray is something you used to be able to use for the Empire or scum and villainy. Now it is scum only. Um, And they've done some things um, to sort of retool and try to recapture mechanics from the earlier releases through the conversion kits. So maybe an X-Wing 2.0 conversion kit that allows for capital ship battles off to the side or something to make use of these earlier Armada minis or something. Um, I don't see them being able to keep Armada going the way it is. I don't see them retooling Armada itself. He's excited.
0: (laughs) He's like, I love talking about canceled
1: games. (laughs) Um, But uh, I don't see them retooling Armada I don't see them doing like a 2.0 of it But at the same time, if they really want to make use out of it There is an opening with the fact that X-Wing is currently relaunching And conversion kits are already kind of the thing for players of X-Wing Why not a conversion kit to let us use some Armada somehow within X-Wing Even if we're talking about like an X-Wing campaign That lets you use some of the old Armada stuff Because they've done a campaign for Armada before uh, right now it just seems like armada is withering on the vine and they're just not willing to announce that they're going out to put the final bullet in its head or blaster shot to its head
0: yeah i i mean i honestly i don't think they're going to do that i i think that something like that it would likely be more expensive you know i mean i i think that it's um the risk to rewards um, is not a, a good ratio. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that if they felt like that they would probably sell, um, you know, enough of those, then okay. But I, I think that what they'll, they're probably thinking is most people will probably just let it, you know, sort of let it slide. That's my thought. I, I just... Yeah. I don't think that...
1: It's just... Um, it's, I'm excited for it, but at the same time, it's disappointing because I actually really enjoyed the gameplay on Armada. I just wish it... Whoa... He didn't like the gameplay apparently. He's over there doing like. <laughs> He's like, it could have been better. He's like, Lone Star <laughs> gives you the raspberry. Uh, exactly. Plan so... my
0: moves three moves ahead. Are you kidding me? Exactly.
1: Um, I mean, I enjoyed playing Armada, but it's one of those games that never really felt like it got a chance to get off the ground. I mean, even their most recent sets of their waves of expansions have been teeny tiny mm-hmm. and haven't really added that much to the game. It was if this had started out, I think Armada would have been better if it was like what they did with Rebellion. Here is one base game, period. Now, here's maybe one expansion to it, period. And that's it. Make it a little more expensive to get into it first. Add a few more models to it at first. But don't do it as waves and treat it like, you know, a new version of X Wing because it's not going to be able to sustain that.
0: Well, I actually think that um there's another uh thing that that we've not mentioned per se um that that's been a big hindrance for it, and that is the the time it takes to play around. Um true, sure, you know,
1: yeah, it's a little bit more deliberate. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, it's, I, I can't remember exactly, but I do know that, um, you know, the round, like for instance, to play a full game of Armada, I want to say is probably like double a game of X-Wing. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, it's, it's been a while since I've, I've played Armada, so I can't remember a hundred percent, but, um, you know, that's double the time and X-Wing games are not really short they're they're not super long but they're not short either they're they're about as long as i would think you would want them to be um you know for a a successful game they're they're like at the top of it because i think honestly one of the things about games uh that can cause them to be more successful is the time to play them you know if you can knock out a game in like 15 30 minutes I think that that is going to be appealing to people, especially long term, way more so than something that's going to you're looking at an hour for every game.
1: I would say also that helps the competitive scene, too. Mm -hmm. You know, the faster you can get through the games, the faster you can cycle through your different tiers and so on, your different brackets. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. I just I it's unfortunate because I look back at Armada and it's it's a frustrating development history. And I can't see it going beyond this. I, I really am questioning whether we're actually going to ever see this expansion. I, The fact that they haven't mentioned it since August, not any previews of this is coming, not any previews of new mechanics for it or upgrade cards, the fact that it's been basically radio silence mm-hmm. worries me. Because here we are near the end of January, it's got a two-month window left of when it's supposed to come out, and we've heard squat in, what, four months or whatever it is? Right, right. That's... That is a bit concerning, but hopefully, that will be unfounded. We'll get it, they'll announce an official send off for Amada, maybe a last round of you know uh, organized games, and that's it. And it can have the same kind of wrap up as the LCG did. I mean, the LCG ending kind of sucked but at least they gave it a proper right. this is how we're ending. We know it's coming. Let's do some last games and celebrate the community as they focused on other stuff. And in that sense, Fantasy Flight Games has done well in the past, so maybe they'll do the same this time.
0: Yeah. That's one I mean, I've I've praised Fantasy Flight Games from the beginning and I, and I'll continue to do so um, just on how they handle um you know, treating their fan base. And you know, it's another thing too. Like you have games like this that yeah, from the beginning, um, people ha- have been questionable about Armada because they're like, "Oh, you know, it's a game that's kind of like X-wing." You know, from a, a standpoint of like, "Oh, it ships on you know the same star mat." Um, you know, it, it has some similar things to it. Of course, it's it's going to be your your larger fleet ships and everything, but you know the the cost of entry is a lot more. To, to begin with and then on top of that you have to consider that um you know the time it takes to play it if you're already playing x-wing then you know you might not be as likely to to pick that one up as well um it's just been something that from the beginning mm-hmm. has been a bit of a um you know it, it's had an up, uphill battle the entire time right. however i like we talked about with EA, I'm glad that uh, Fantasy, Flight's, it, Fantasy Flight is at least putting stuff out there. They're taking chances and putting games out there instead of being like, "Yeah, we were going to work on this game, but we canceled it. So now we're going to do this other game. And eh, we canceled that
1: too. To be fair, though, one thing that is something that's, uh, that's good about Armada has been sort of a similar thing. And we'll talk about this when we talk about X-Wing and uh, the resistance in First Order based on an email that we received. But while initial cost of getting into Armada may be high to some degree. Um, Looking back on it, though, the fact that their expansions came out very, very slowly, it was a very anemic growth rate, actually made it, in the long run, probably more cost-effective than playing X-Wing if you were trying to keep up with everything. So, And especially now, if you're someone looking at it and the game is ending and you want to collect it all, you want to go all Pokemon on it, like I do, then shoot, go ahead and pick them up because not only are you going to be able to find them all fairly discounted in some places now um you also know that it's not going to be something growing very much i mean you pretty much can just say okay this is what's out there this is what it'll cost that's it and not have to plan ahead for future expenses um you know it it ends up the pretty expensive one but if this is the end at least it's a finite amount of things to go collect um if you're gonna go play this just don't expect it to be a very active scene yeah
0: yeah yeah, no, I I agree with you. and and that's the thing that's great about all of these. Like for instance with the uh the LCG. You know, you can still play that um and you can probably find people s- still to uh throw the decks together and and go play and you know, it's it's definitely cost effective at this point. Um you know, that those those decks, you know, you can probably find, you know, if if you couldn't uh, purchase them beforehand you know you might could find some people who were uh offloading them i mean look back to the the original decipher uh star wars game people still i mean it it still has its following i mean you can find facebook groups and stuff of people who still continue that game so yeah i mean i think that these are games that are still fun for uh, you know the the i guess probably the only thing that it really um you know there's two things that that it really changes um, a there's not going to be anything else continuing to come out um, if they cancel it again, this is just our speculation based on um, months of radio silence. Um, but it, it has been months
1: from, from them, not, uh, not us. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Although it, it would be easy to, to get those confused.
0: Right. Um, but you know, with that, now I've already <laughs> lost my train of thought. Um oh but you're saying that... it's
1: just us speculating after months of
0: Right, right. Oh. But I was trying to think of where I was before that. But uh before that what I was saying is that, you know, yes, there's not gonna be any more product coming out. Not that there's been a ton coming out uh over the the period of the, the game's life anyway. So, you know, there's not been a, a lot of it, but enough that you can grab the ships that you like from the movies and stuff. Um But really more so, it's the the competitive scene that will change, you know, that there won't be any support for the the competitive scene. But unless I'm mistaken, most of the players who play these games, even though, um, you know, there is a large competitive scene uh, for these these tabletop games, I think probably half the people or more just play the games casually. So that won't really change much for for those people. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. A- I, I thought it was A-min, a valid point. And he's just
1: like <laughs> <laughs> He's like dumb. <laughs> man. Man, thank goodness he can't click on a iTunes or we'd get a one-star review from Baby K.
0: Hey, he gets that negativity from you.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> um from you, all right? I learned it by watching you. Um All right. So, speaking of negativity, um uh, one game that I was early uh, that early on I was negative about, uh, not from a gameplay perspective, because it was actually fun to play, was Star Wars Destiny. Because, of course, Destiny has that TCG, CCG model with the random booster packs. You have to have two copies of certain cards to have enough of the dice to actually use it to the fullest. It really is a model that I loathe at this point. Right. But it's a yeah. model, and and now, yes, now you can do the, <laughs> because now it's appropriate. Um. <laughs> But that said, it has been phenomenally successful for Fantasy Flight Games and keeping the Star Wars line alive. Since we last spoke, they've actually got a new set of boosters and another pair of starter sets coming. So we have the Convergence product line coming, which includes boosters and two new starter sets, one for General Grievous, one for Obi-Wan Kenobi. No word on any two-player starter sets, so yes, each player will need one of the starter sets to be able to play, um, as opposed to one of the double starter sets like we got around the time of The Last Jedi.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, it it's it's crazy. I would say at this point it kind of seems like which I mean, X-Wing has been having stuff come out fast and fierce as well, but it it almost seems like uh Destiny has kind of usurped um you know, X-Wing's place as the the main uh Star Wars title, you know, like like gaming title. Oh yeah. Title. And and I may be wrong on that cuz I'm just basing that off of my own um you know uh, what I've seen and and of course, like i said you you have to actually look at
1: real numbers and stuff, but I would say, if
0: not uh pretty close
1: <laughs> yeah, it's sort of it it draws from a different uh, a different fan base or a different uh player base than something like an x wing would, so it's it's tough to make a direct comparison, but it's certainly something that grew faster than most predicted, particularly with this particular business model um and it's one of these things that. In and of what it is, even though there are boosters, it's a relatively inexpensive game to get into compared to something like a miniatures game oftentimes. So it's something where the ease of play, um, the portability of it, the affordability of it, relatively speaking, and all of that, and drawing from a a fan base that's looking for card games or dice games or both, um, does seem to have made for sort of a sweet spot for Fantasy Flight. I mean, they've been rolling out these expansions uh, pretty quickly, um, generally speaking. Um, This one also, by the way, um, has uh, bounties in it um, that they've been really kind of hyping up, for instance. So from a gameplay perspective, they're slowly adding to the depth of the game. It's I would argue it's still just And again, I have not played this in a while. I've just been following the news on it. I would argue it's nowhere near, for instance, the depth you eventually got out of the LCG. But you think of the LCG and its first cycles compared to what they're doing with Destiny, and it seems like they're kind of at a decent pace of developing mechanics as as you play. Again, I'm just going by news coverage, but it does seem as though it's something where they're not just resting on their laurels and just putting out new cards with each set. Um, they really are sort of trying to refine it as each one comes around. So. You know, it, it's, it, if you're into this sort of game, if you're into this sort of business model, then this is a, a great one to be checking out because they are consistently rolling out new sets. In that way it does very much remind me of the old Decipher CCG where every so often, you know, here's Jabba's Palace, here's Cloud City, all these different expansions coming. I just wonder if it will ever get to a point or if they'll have to roll it back a little bit because I remember with the, the CCG from Decipher, it did eventually get to a point where it was sort of uh, too much. And you had people leaving the game because of the sheer number of expansions, and it was a very big barrier to new people trying to play. So at at some point, will Destiny get to a point where there's just too much stuff to feel like you can jump into it? It seems right now that the gameplay itself is straightforward enough, and the tweaks that they've made over time are minor enough that so far it doesn't seem like the number of sets is a barrier to entry for Destiny. Um, But this is coming from someone who has no intention beyond those initial two-player starter sets to actually get into Destiny.
0: Right, right. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's... And once again, I think, if I'm not mistaken, isn't this game... I mean, doesn't it play very
1: quickly? Yeah, it's one of the fastest, if not the fastest, Star Wars games for Fantasy Flight.
0: Right. So you've got that on top of, um, you know, the other thing, like, uh, in comparison to, say, X-Wing and Armada, storage storage. You know, um, it's a
1: lot easier to store some cards and (laughs) dice. What's up? You say this as I'm staring at my closet with, like, what is it? Six giant Plano tackle boxes, two or three small ones, and I've got another giant one for Legion that won't even fit in the closet in the other room. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. Yes, storage for miniature games is redonkulous. Um, Storage for this type of game, super, super, super easy. Mm -hmm. Um, You just have to have a place, basically, for the die. Uh, the dice and just
0: you know being cubic um you can very easy to uh to store because you can pretty much if you've got uh say like a flat Mm -hmm. base uh container you can just put them all in a row across them and then you put the next row and you know run it across it's super simple to uh to store something like that
1: Shout out to my fellow Eye of Judgment players. When he said cubic, I immediately thought of the cubics from Eye of Judgment, baby. I'm like probably the only person that remembers Eye of Judgment, the PlayStation 3 game where you use the camera and the cards, and then they had a PSP version that was also awesome. I
0: vaguely remember that. Like, vaguely God, I love that game, that. <laughs> but
1: it's dead. It's long dead. Seems it's, like, wasn't it's, that It's not a... even beating a dead horse. It's beating the ashes where the horse has already decomposed. Wasn't that a, um somehow come like uh
0: tied in with magic or am i crazy you're crazy okay that sounds about right
1: (laughs) (laughs) you give me two options i'm gonna go with the one that's more accurate
0: so um uh let's see so i mean that's all we've really talked about on that um let's let's go ahead and hit the uh imperial assault since yeah i was gonna say let's go for the easy one imperial
1: assault nothing yeah. Um, they've announced one playmat for skirmish mode, which is the Coruscant Back Alleys, that is still on pre-order at this point. But otherwise, since the Lothal stuff came out, it's been radio silence on Imperial Assault as well. And mm-hmm. early on. Remember, I was talking about how I was concerned because I really enjoy Imperial Assault and the fact that it's campaign-based and so forth, and I was worrying that Legion was going to wind up killing it even though Legion is a different kind of war game. Right. It's still the ground-based miniatures game, and here we are. Nothing except a skirmish map announced for Imperial Assault whatsoever and Legion going strong. I, I, I'm i thinking that Imperial Assault is probably going to be the next one to die off. Right. Um, they're basically cleaning clearing the decks, it seems to me. Maybe I'm wrong, maybe we'll get a big announcement, and knowing this show, we'll get an announcement tomorrow right, between the time right. we record and when we release it. But, yeah, I think Imperial Assault's on the way out, personally, because there's, I mean, a, a skirmish map... A game cannot live by skirmish maps alone. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's one that's, you know, it, I, I think it's a very fun game. It is it is actually different than... Um, Oh gosh, not I can't even think of there there's too many Star Wars Legion. tabletop. Yeah, there you go. Legion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's different enough from Legion that I, I think that, you know, depending on how you want to play, it's it's great to have both options. But yeah, I just I, I really do think that it's something that we're about to see mm-hmm. um disappear as well. And, you know, it's unfortunate, but I think they've just about got everything out of it that
1: they can. Um, I mean. It's one of these games that it's, I mean, you can play it as skirmish, right? Mm -hmm. Which is the the competitive form. You can play skirmish. That's fine. But if you're going to play skirmish, then I think for a lot of people, why not try Legion? Right. Um, And if you're someone who likes to paint the minis, it's Mm -hmm. easier to paint the minis on Legion because they come... In pieces, and you have to assemble them, which gives you a chance to get all those little fine details before the assembly. Um, And and they're a harder plastic once it's all said and done. Um, But that really, to me, was never the draw of. Imperial Assault. Imperial Assault's big draw was the fact that you could play a campaign where your character and your army and everything on your side builds over time, but it seems like the market is leaning more towards, as you were saying, the faster games, not these campaign games that go step by step by step by step as you go. They are definitely um, not the norm, certainly, but they're barely – they're like a a shrinking niche, and I would say the same thing uh, that – It's kind of where EA is talking about video games, right? I mean, it's a single player campaign. It's story driven. No, people don't want that. They want either bite sized experiences on mobile or accessibility, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And with Imperial Assault, I would say that I'm not sure I agree with you that it's gone as far as it can. They can always tell new stories in Mm -hmm. new settings and whatnot. But with as many expansions as they have out, if you were going to play Imperial Assault and actually run every one of the mini campaigns as part of your broader campaign, that's a hell of a lot of game time already. So in a lot of ways, while it may not be that there is nothing left for them to do, this may be an issue of they've reached a point where they don't necessarily need more because there's a hell of a lot of gameplay there for campaign players and for skirmish there's a lot of options as far as minis go, as far as your army goes at this point, so maybe they don't need to continue. I'm not sure I would say they can't, mm-hmm. but need, maybe. Maybe they see this as you know a, a promise fulfilled, but imagine if the last thing they release for this – The opposite of what we saw with Armada, Armada going out with a big bang with the executor and have it be that the last thing released for Imperial Assault is that they fizzle out with a Coruscant back alley skirmish map, which if you're not familiar with it, the skirmish maps that they sell as these rubber playmats are maps that already existed in some form um, as a skirmish map in one of the other products already released. It's just that this is all a rubber map, so you don't have to put it together yourself. So talk about fizzling out if that were to be the case
0: right which and again that that's another thing that like I said I talked about the game very fun one of the things about it that is kind of frustrating is hunting for those tiles you know um puzzle yeah it's puzzle time yeah so i mean you know it's it's a game where you've got to put these tiles together in order to play on it and it could be a pain in the butt cuz they're they're dual sided so um you know you may forget to flip one over you're looking for a piece, and you're like, I've went through all of them. And it's like, yeah, you did, but you looked at the other
1: side. You didn't you didn't look at the correct yeah. side. True, though, but so. at least – they did make it at least a little bit easier because even though they don't tell you which side to use, you have to actually look at the map to, to figure that out. Um, at least they tell you which set and which numbered piece it is that you're going to use um, as far as that goes. So it's not as tough to put together as it sounds, but I will say that storage-wise <laughs> – Um, with all the different sets and all the different map tiles that have come now, the trickier part will not even be putting it together or finding the number of the tile. It's just, there's so damn many tiles of similar shapes that now I'm going to have to find which one of that shape is the right one. So they're numbered to make it easier to find, but you had a lot of similar sized pieces now that unless you stored them very meticulously, you're going to be having to sift through. Um, the difficulty comes down to your level of organization, I would say more than, um, just the fact that you've got to put it together.
0: True. But, I mean, like I said, I, I know several people um, that was a problem for. You know, I I actually did something that uh, the people were like, oh, that's actually really smart. Um, and because uh, everyone else just, you know, they sort of, they're mostly just like, eh, let me try to just bundle it best I can and keep it separated. Um, but what I actually did was I took those, um, you know, those... Like protectors that you'll use for uh, sheets of paper. So if, like, for instance, you're going to make like a portfolio or something and you print yeah. out and then you, yeah. you slide it in there, I actually used those to keep um, some of them in to keep them sort of divided up.
1: Ooh, that's actually pretty good, and that would save me a lot of space if I put together a binder of that type. Good call. I like that. Yeah.
0: So that was the best I could – it's still not great. Don't get me wrong. I like it's, the fact
1: that you announced it, though. as This is something where people said I was pretty smart, and I'm like – Hey man. They say, they say that plenty, man. It's not as rare as it sounds.
0: Uh, are you talking about for you or for me?
1: For you. I'm trying hey. to give you a,
0: a side a, kind of a <laughs> backhanded compliment. <laughs> it's 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 I don't hear it a lot, so I got to make sure and <laughs> let people, "Hey, did you hear that? They said I was smart." Uh yeah. so yeah, I mean it's it's one of the I I think it's a, probably one of the better methods for for trying to store this stuff, but it still has its own problems uh, with that. I mean, I think that's about all oh, there yeah. is to say. Yeah, there's on not a the... whole lot to
1: say about a game that Imperial... has nothing. Speaking right. of games that have almost nothing, uh-huh. since we're on the subject, um, the star Wars RPGs from fantasy flight are basically, it's like they've given up on the idea of individualized product lines now. And they're down to source books that work for all three, which I actually think is really cool and really useful And very cost effective. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, it does kind of mean that the individual lines as individual lines seem to be dead. Uh, Edge of the Empire, Age of Rebellion, Force and Destiny, they pretty much have dwindled. And it's been a while since we've seen a new release for either of them. Whereas now we've had that, uh, you know, that Rebels era source book that they put out. We've got the Separatist era source book uh, for Clone Wars era that is coming soon. That was announced quite a while ago that hasn't been released yet, and they just announced Allies and Adversaries, which is another one of these. It could work for any of the games. Um, so in that sense, I mean, I think they're on the right track, but you can kind of get the feel that there's something. I mean, I guess after you do a, a whole bunch of source books for each individual character type that's available, character class that's available, you um, Aside from adventures and regional sourcebooks and stuff, there's not a whole lot of places to go. And most of those, at least the regional sourcebooks, would make sense for all the games. Um, but but yeah, it does seem like they're dwindling as well. I mean, I like the fact that the new stuff is for all the eras. Um, but at the same time, I'm sitting there saying, okay, but we haven't had any adventures in a while either. And the adventures kind of need to be game-specific. So if they're going for this unified approach, are we never going to see more actual RPGs? pre-made adventures coming from fantasy flight anymore for their RPG lines um, makes me wonder about again the viability of the product line though not as much so as for Armada or Imperial assault
0: yeah see and and that's my thing is I I don't I think this is sort of a, a no you know a non-issue because the thing is this this game has been you know they've touted its uh, modular ability Mo- I don't know. It's, it's been very modular from the get-go, right? Like, um, it's it's essentially... It's really just one game. It's really just the Fantasy Flight Star Wars RPG game. But they split it up into three different... Um, what's, what's the word? Almost three different themes, I suppose, where you have your more um, military style with the uh, Age of Rebellion. You have your more like scoundrels and bounty hunters with the edge of the empire. And then with the uh, force of destiny, that's where you deal with the more Jedi stuff. You can play them specific to those or you can mesh them together. I would think that most people uh, are probably picking from whichever book they like. Mm -hmm. And I, I think with that, like for their home games and stuff. And I think that, you know, with that, that they just decided, you know what, there's no sense in us sitting here trying to make something specific to Age of Rebellion if everyone's going to be wanting to play that with, um, you know, Jedi or, or, uh, you know, scoundrels anyway or whatever. So I I think that, uh, or I'm saying scoundrels, I guess I mean smugglers, but, uh, you know, I think it's just, it's a situation of, hey, it really is the same game. So let's just, you know, kind of put the stuff out uh, that can work for all three systems.
1: Which sort of begs a question for me. I always, I always try to launch the questions at you as they come up here to kind of keep things engaging. Maybe ask you things that the audience would also be wondering about, of course. Um, and what stands out here is the question of, okay, so they're combining them together. It's been a while since we've had any of the core game rule books. Should we expect or hope for a core rulebook that gets rid of all those differences between the three games or at least um, lays out the options from the three core games so that someone could just pick up one core rulebook and start playing? Because right now there are some differences in the character creation and whatnot um, as they're designed for the three games and slight mechanical differences to them. So – should someone today with the books being produced for all three kind of combined into one, should they still have to pick up a core rule book for one of the games to play or multiple to play or should Fantasy Flight put out a new core rule book that just merges it all?
0: Yeah, I I think that it's fine the way it is personally. I mean, that's 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 just how I I see it. I mean, I I don't I don't see any reason that you would want to do that because I mean it it works with the different uh types you know more so with the um you know force of destiny is that the the jedi one you know like with it but
1: force it you i always do this too it's force and destiny for the rpg it's forces of destiny for the crappy cartoons
0: <laughs> um i uh wasn't there something that was called force of destiny not forces force of or am i wrong on that
1: Force of Destiny. Doesn't ring a bell, but probably. I mean, titles tend to get reused a lot.
0: They really like those two words thrown into like every title, but it's cool, whatever. No big deal. Uh but point being, like I said, I I think that they're similar enough that you know, for instance, if you want to build a Jedi character, then yeah, you should probably grab the uh, you know, the Force and Destiny book if you if you're wanting to build a um you know a pilot uh, for like the rebellion or
1: something, then you should probably grab the age of rebellion um, okay I mean they okay. I, 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 did, I mean I see I see the logic behind that and I would say mm-hmm. that that is certainly the way that people are doing it now right. It's just it strikes me that if you want to get more new people playing and most of your products are, you know, combining them together. I mean, it just seems like it might make sense to do that. But maybe it's the point where the market is so saturated by the products already. Yeah, I just don't know who you, that, who that, that would be yeah, like, for. Who would you be selling that to, except right. for a handful of new players? Well, some but of whom but even with new players,
0: I think that your problem there would be that you're throwing too much at them, trying to throw you know basically three different book, you know, material from three different books. Um, maybe. Like a like a st- if they wanted to do like a starter or basic rules or something like that, where they, um, you know, kind of dumb it down for you. But it seems like they did that, right? Didn't they do that with like basically box sets for at least Age of Rebellion and uh... they
1: they did a boxed set uh, introductory adventure for yeah. a beginner game as they called it for all three and one based on the Force Awakens that wasn't specific to any. That's of That's
0: right, I remember that. That was so, actually yeah. pretty cool. They did that. Yeah. So yeah, so I mean, I I feel like that they've already got everything covered so for someone who's going to want all of that stuff those people are going to grab the books uh anyway i mean it's as, as a you know as a role play player I, I think that everyone's used to it you know you're used to having to have a handful of manuals i mean you know dungeons and dragons there's basically the i'm trying to remember exactly what they they call it but uh, you know i want to say maybe the they talk about like the the trinity or whatever you know you the, the main three that you, you definitely have to have are the player's handbook, the monster manual, and the uh, dungeon master's guide. You know, like, those are the three that you need to really, like, run the game, which isn't necessarily true. But, you know, it's it's kind of just become right. a thing that's uh, it, been accepted, um, you know, for decades now. So... I hear you're you're making me
1: want to get back to a a book that's sitting on my Kindle that I haven't had a chance to read yet of Dice and Men, the story of of the development of D&D. Oh, I I bet that's actually
0: Um, really fascinating because I know some of the stuff from it. Um, They mostly just stole from other games.
1: (laughs) There you go. Um, All right, so um, moving beyond the games that we've looked at that are sort of dwindling here. Um, there are, of course, a couple of games that are huge still right now. And one of them is Legion. I think since we last spoke, they've released let's see, they've released uh, The Emperor and the Royal Guards. They've released, I think, Boba Fett and the Scout Troopers was the first one released after the last time we recorded. Um I think it was Scout Troopers. They've released um it's see, getting Chewbacca hard to keep and the Wookiee Warriors so recently. Many. And they finally released Priority Supplies. I had pre-ordered Barricades and Priority Supplies at the same time from Miniature Market, and they won't fulfill a pre-order that has more than one item on it unless all the items are available. So I've been waiting on Barricades for months since it came out, even though it's just extra Barricades. Um, But Priority Supplies is finally out. And then they've announced quite a bit for Legion already. Let's see. You've got uh, the Rebel and Imperial Specialists that are uh, up for pre-order at this point. You've got Jin Erso and the Rebel Pathfinders. You've got Orson Krennic and Death Troopers. uh, And they've recently announced the uh, uh, Combat Assault Tank, uh, the TX-225 GAVW Occupier Combat Assault Tank unit, say that three times fast, and the uh, X-34 Landspeeder unit uh, expansion. So lots of stuff coming pretty smoothly, so far for Legion and quite a bit that's already been announced. The only thing I would say that frustrates me about Legion, aside from the fact that I'm just – I'm terrible at putting the minis together. I'm just really slow at it and wind up with friggin' adhesive on my fingers and stuff like that. My right. wife can tell you about the time that I managed to stick my fingers to Chewbacca and wind up replacing Chewbacca because it has a bunch of – the original one has a bunch of skin on it now.
2: Right, Um
1: yeah. But – um, yeah, that was not pleasant. But – what strikes me as odd about the way they're dealing with Legion is it's this weird imbalance in how they release it. Like if you look at X-Wing and even Armada, except for the executor and what they've been trying to do is like, they'll release things for the light side and the dark side, the Imperials and the rebels or whoever kind of in a nice balance each wave usually. Mm-hmm. Um, but our Legion doesn't do that. Yeah. They seem Legion, to be shot. Legion does everything it in like pairs, like, like, Boba Fett and the Scout Troopers, or whoever it was, right. um, and Han and Han and the Rebel Commandos, they are paired, but in essence, those pairs are paired because those are meant to be kind of complementary. And then you've got Palpatine uh, with the Royal Guard. You've got uh, Chewbacca with the Wookiee Warriors. They are released fairly soon back-to-back with each other. Um Uh, Some of those, by the way, like Boba Fett and Chewbacca, they're operatives, which is a class that isn't even in the base game. So they've already expanded into new classes within about a year. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's just weird. It's like, you know, here's all your rebel stuff. Now here's your imperial stuff. And I don't know if that's to spread out the purchases for people so that it's easier to keep up with everything or what. But it seems like it makes the options frequently imbalanced for the two sides because you may have your – Two products that just got released for your side, but the equivalent products or the companion products, so to speak, for the other side won't be released for another month or two. Um, it's just a weird way of doing it, to me at least. But maybe this is the norm for this type of game. I've this is not a type of game that I've really ever been into previously.
0: Right, and and I'm the same way that it, it's something that I've always been interested in with. You know, the the biggest, uh, most known one is uh, Warhammer 40K, and and I'll be honest, i have not. Looked in it enough to see any similarities in in their um, you know their their model like release models or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's it, they it seems like they are pumping stuff out, you know, and it, it makes sense like if, if you're wanting to to build you know if if you're wanting to have a uh, an army, like you're gonna want to be able to have you know some variety to it, and and it's one of those things where it, it is supposed to have a lot of different or you know there's supposed to be a lot of units so i, I understand from those aspects you know it would be kind of boring if it's like yes eh, so uh what's yours all the stormtroopers you know well what do you have all of the um tentavy troopers you know and it's like all right let's fight so like i, I get it from that standpoint but i got to be honest, at least right now, and this could totally change because I'm the kind of person who is like, oh, no, I've made my mind up, and then like one thing changes, and I'm like, nope, I'm all in. Um, I haven't actually purchased anything for Legion yet. It was something that I was interested in but was kind of holding off. I think at this point, I've just decided that I'm not going to dive into Legion hmm. I I think it's fascinating. I'm interested in actually learning the game. And then at that point, it could be all over and I could be like, nope, I went and bought everything. Um, But currently, my my mindset is that I I just don't want to jump in because it's, you know, it's just um, there's a lot to it, you know, between uh, because, you know, like, I can't. Buy them and not paint them, you know. Like I'm gonna have to paint everything and, and all that, and it's just it's there's a lot that goes into it, and I just don't have that time. Um, it's a lot of money for them, um, you know. I just I think that at least currently I'm not going to jump into it. That may change like
1: within a year or so, um, but uh, we'll see. So I would say you know to add for Legion uh, one I did miss a couple of uh, new pre-order things which didn't strike me um but they have put out uh, pre-orders for more game mats if you want to have custom game mats for the game they put out a couple before that you can actually put side by side but they've got uh, individual game mats being released now uh, or at least pre-order now uh, for jakku hoth and Sullust. so some uh, you know just flat rubber play mats you still have to add your own terrain and obstacles and barriers and stuff like that if you want to um but I would say that what stands out to me for this is one. Yes, it is more expensive. Um, but you're, it's more expensive because on most of these, when you get, for instance, a unit of, let's say it's four troopers, the four troopers are all different sculpts. It's not just, you know, even you have one leader and then all the other sculpts are the same. Um, so the variation probably accounts for the price difference though. Do we need the variation? Do we not? It's a nice touch. Um, Could we have stood for less variation and cheaper prices? Probably, but that's just not the model they went with. Um, So in that sense, you're paying for quality in that sense. Um, But also I would say that for me at least, I actually prefer Legion for fast one-on-one type games rather than the skirmish mode of Imperial Assault. So I love Imperial Assault, and overall I prefer that game to Legion, but it's all because of the campaign. Legion is a very different beast doesn't have anything really in the way of campaign play, but if you're just going to do a quick, fast, ground-based type of battle, Legion feels like it plays faster, um, feels like it's better. It's just better suited to that type of play, because it is based on more like a Warhammer type of thing. Although I am waiting for the uh, educational offshoot of that, by the way. Uh, Wall Street Hammer 401k, but I don't think (laughs) that it's on the drawing board anymore.
0: Yeah, I don't don't know if it's going to pick
1: up. Send out your legion of tax collectors! (laughs) Talk about zombie hordes, right? Yeah. All right, so uh, we need to transition here. So uh, from ground to space with the games they are still heavily supporting, um, that brings us to X-Wing 2.0 or X-Wing 2nd Edition, which has finally launched, I think since the last time... We actually had an episode talking about the miniature since before that uh, that bit of a break that we wound up having. So I guess we need to get in some initial thoughts on you know just second edition in general now that it's out, a bit about what products are out there, what products are coming, that sort of thing to make sure that we've got our uh, bases covered. So what do you think, as far as just general thoughts on second edition with new mechanics, um the way the factions are broken down, all that sort of thing, uh, what are you thinking?
0: I think I seriously need to actually get around to opening my uh, my box. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I still have not opened. Miniatures,
1: mine up. excitement. Michael craves not these things. I mean, I do. I just there's all this
0: other stuff, and like basically, what happened was, you know, it came out in October, and I went and got it, and I was like, oh, okay, because um, I, I was real busy at the time, and I was like, well, I'm going to, um, you know. Here in a couple days, uh, I'll check it out. Well, that was, like, right about the time that I decided that I was going to get back into uh, Dungeons & Dragons. And then I just got real busy doing all that stuff and everything. And then next thing I know, I'm like, oh, I have zero time. (laughs) Um, And and now I'm looking like, wow, that was, like, three months ago. So, uh, yeah, I should have done it already, but I didn't. Um, And, yeah, I, I... I haven't even opened well, okay, it. Then. But, I mean, I have I have seen some stuff, like, because when I do go there, I mean, that's the crazy thing about X-Wing is that, you know, X-Wing is Tuesday nights, except for on Wednesday nights, which is when I go for D&D, that's also when everyone seems to show up and play. Um, so, it just seems like every night is X-Wing night uh, over at... Uh, the, the the place where I play which is uh gigabytes is the name of the the game or the name of the game store which is kind of cute because it's like gigabytes like oh I'm gonna uh,
1: oh eh. yeah. I don't know i you said you said you know maybe think that every night is x wing night and that I'm thinking every town has an elm street and then that's a whole other genre of discussion
0: yeah that is um, a really weird com- It's a weird
1: connection. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That poor brain of mine. But what else? Um, Having a child has broken some of the synapses, I'm pretty sure. Um, So I think that it's – I mean, it's not a full refinement. It is a 2.0. It is sort of a refinement of the previous game, but it's not like they overhauled the entire thing. Um, It's not like if you never played X-Wing before – versus if you have played X-Wing before, it's going to be the same type of learning curve, not even remotely. Um, But they've tweaked a few things here and there, and I'd say probably... Oh, see, Baby's excited. (laughs) He's like, oh, I I know. He's like, where are the Legacy-era ships, man? That's what I'm named after. (laughs) Um, But I will say that I do like the use of the charges. Those in particular stand out to me, because it gives us some new ways of addressing abilities, plus the idea that they're treating the different modes, so to speak, of the the changing wing ships differently now so that you have to actively change modes back and forth to get whatever the benefit is. So, for instance, the X-Wings S-Foils, you actually open and close, not just on the, the miniature, but actually through a game mechanic through one of the upgrade cards. And the same thing with, like, swinging the wings on a U-Wing, that sort of thing. So, in that sense, I think that they've kind of made it It feels a little more intuitive. It's kind of one of those things where you realize that what we're seeing here. Yes, exactly. In a lot of ways is a game that started out long enough ago and has had so much added to it that they needed to stop and refine because there were things they could have just added in. But we're so far along that it just would have made things more complicated and and more difficult for everyone. Mm -hmm. So doing a big kind of overhaul like this. And giving us a 2.0 where you know if you played X-wing you can still play it. It's not you know that much different, um, but has enough things different to make it feel like it's really been given more thought. Right. Um, I think that's probably the best way they could have gone. Although it does mean a, although it does mean a lot of reissues of previously existing ships or conversion kits, and you know in this case they've released both.
0: Right. But, I mean, they were still printing them, so now it's just a situation of, ah, we're just printing it, the updated version of them, so... Uh,
1: so Well, yes and no, because some of the minis are actually brand new. Well, um, right, like right. The but X-Wings are, are new. I want to say that the uh, Y-Wing model is new, as Chris Locke in an email to us points out. I believe the Y-Wing is also new, which I didn't notice at first. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean... Well, are
0: the exactly are the models thing. new, or is it new the paint jobs? Yes, the models, Because I noticed that, like, good. the fire spray...
2: Has
1: no, some of them are are slight retools, mm-hmm. but some of them are significantly different. Like I think the fire spray might be a slight revision, but not. Well, I much. think it's just a
0: paint, like just a different uh, paint like a paint job. type thing. Yeah.
1: but if you look at um the X wings, for instance, the X wings now have the wings that open and right. close, which right. is cool and yet also stupid because when they're open, they look awesome. When they're closed, they can tilt and be completely out of alignment and look idiotic. I actually kind of wish they hadn't added the ability to open and close them to the X-Wings without it being something – yes, exactly. He's like, they're just ridiculous looking. Um, But but the fact that when they close, there's no way to keep them exactly horizontal so they look dumb most of the time is Mm -hmm. frustrating. If they weren't going to come up with some way to make it so that that type of thing wouldn't happen – I don't think they probably should have retooled the X-wing model the way that they did.
0: Gotcha. I see what you're saying. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's nice that they. Damn, son. <laughs> Literally, son. Um, I mean, it's nice that they open and close, but it's just it's it 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 was done in a way that that looks a little wonky. But yeah, some of them are completely new designs um, for new ships. Some of them are slight repaints or retooling of old ships. Some are full retooling of old ships. It completely depends on which ship you're looking at at any given wave.
0: Right. Right. So, um, I mean, with that, do you want to get into
1: Chris's email? Yeah, so we have an email here from Chris Locke. Um, It's a little long, so we've taken chunks of it so that we can address each of them. I think two pieces of it, uh, we've actually addressed at least a little bit, but want to get his thoughts in on it as well. And there's a couple pieces that can help lead us into discussing other parts of X-Wing 2.0. So he says, among other things, um, I totally get where you guys are coming from with your perspectives on X-Wing 2nd Edition, but I feel more optimistic about it. But I feel more optimistic about what it will do for the long-term health of the game. As a Rebel Faction player, it was always a bit of a bummer that the T-65 tended to be weak, even before the new T-70 arrived, basically acting as a strict upgrade to the old X-Wing. Obviously, part of that has to do with the T-65 being one of the first ships they designed, and had no clue where the game would evolve to over the next few years. So seeing the early information, the improvements to the T-65's dial, the added mechanic of the S-foils, I'm excited to play the X-Wing again. And it continues on, speaking of the different models and refinements to ships. He says, uh, Not sure if you had heard, but in addition to retooling the T-65 model, they have a completely new scope for the Y-Wing, which I hadn't noticed, uh, but seems to be the case. And it looks incredible. And they've also implied that they might make similar tweaks to other ships, as we mentioned. Uh, Are there any other ships you feel could use this tweak or even a full rebuild? Um, so I, I too think that the improvements to some of the earlier ships to make it fit better in balance with the others works pretty well. Um, I haven't had a chance to play all of them, so I can't say definitively, but it definitely looks like they were heading in the right direction. As far as ships getting retooling and remodeling, I don't know. I don't know that there were that many that I found, um, you know, it was, it was that much flaw with right. when it came to the previous ships. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's, I'd have to kind of look through my ships. I'm trying to think off the top of my head, um, in, in which case, I mean, I, I like we said earlier with Armada, uh, same thing with X-Wing is that there's lots of people. I remember, you know, early on, it was hard to get a uh, Millennium Falcon because there were lots of people that were just buying them simply for display. Um, so they've always had really nice, um, you know, uh, really nice detail. They were really nice models. Um, Man, I mean, I am trying to think. Let's see. Uh, I mean, you know, it's like little things, like maybe like the wing, which, granted, you'd mentioned um, that they weren't the best, but being able to collapse wings and stuff like that's really cool. Um, You know, maybe like being able to tilt them a certain way. For instance, like the B-Wing, you know, it was only in that straight attack mode. I'm true. Oh, man, I am trying to think, but... You know, honestly, one that I would actually kind of like to see, even though I'm not in love with the um, the other version of it, uh, I wouldn't mind seeing a um, a different version of the E-wing. How come? I think that the E-wing looks stupid and is a like it's a really <laughs> poor design. Okay,
1: but it's but that's the, that's what an E-wing looks like.
0: Right, right. <laughs> I mean, it's... Done, so you I mean, don't
1: want to see... It's not just about the game. You just want the dang ship redesigned for canon, right?
0: I mean, yes. But also, um, <laughs> they they did do a, a redesign uh, back for... Oh, gosh. What game was it that they... Um, was it... It wasn't Star Wars Galaxies, I don't think. Um, let's see here. I'm, I'm trying to look right now. I'm seeing... Is it Fate of the Galaxy? Was that a thing?
1: So, are you sure that's not a fan design? I'm not seeing any official information on that. It looks sweet, but it doesn't look familiar. I'm not seeing anything for Galaxies. Nothing, dude. I'm not seeing anything that would suggest that that's an official design. Well, Well.
0: looks like I've been had.
1: (laughs) Well... It happens. It, happens. Right. it looks sweet. It looks it looks like somebody tried to make an E Wing and combine it with like a Viper from the reimagined Battlestar Galactica. What right. Kind of yeah, that's exactly like. what I was thinking too. So. so so it would be nice if basically the E Wing you would say is redesigned to look more like a fan idealized version rather than what it is, because what it is is kind of X Wing like and boring,
0: essentially. Yeah, it's not even that. You know what you know what it is that I really don't like about it? The letter E. No, I don't like that Top Gun. That's the main thing, and that's not fixed in that uh, fan-made one. Um, so you know, it can't really fix anything. But that's that's
1: the model that I like the least. Um, gotcha. He doesn't like that Top Gun. I will. I will do you a favor and not tell Maverick and Goose. <laughs> wow. Uh,
0: I will try. Or will try. or Goose's son for the upcoming Top Gun.
1: Oh, God, yes, there is. Although, I will say, I I recently picked up the Blu-ray 3D copy of Top Gun, and Top Gun, for a movie the age that it is, the 3D conversion is actually really quite good. It's really fun. All right, so, moving on. (laughs) Whoa. Did we get
0: off track? That seems so unlike us.
1: Just a little bit, yeah. Sorry, he just... uh... Interesting fact. A baby with hiccups can burp and hiccup with a pacifier in his mouth at the same time. And it sounds kind of like what you just heard, which kind of sounds like a car backfiring in in miniature. Um, Speaking of miniatures, um, when we look at the products that have been released for 2.0 so far, we've got our core set, which includes two TIE fighters, TIE LN fighters, and one T-65 X-Wing, that redesigned version. In terms of accessories, you've got a dice pack, and you've got maneuver dial upgrade kits for all the different factions at this point, which is... Quite a few, because you have the Rebel Alliance, the Galactic Empire, Scum and Villainy, First Order, Resistance. Now coming up, Separatist and Galactic Republic. Um, there are conversion kits to convert your 1.0 stuff to 2.0. Um, the conversion kits for the larger factions, which are Rebel Alliance, Galactic Empire, and Scum and Villainy, are all 50 bucks. The conversion kits, which are much smaller because there are less ships for First Order and Resistance, are both 30 bucks. And then as far as actual ship expansions, for the First Order so far, we have the TIE FO, the regular First Order TIE Fighter. Um, That is the only expansion that has been added so far. Um, Then we have for the Galactic Empire, we have the TIE LN, the regular TIE Fighter, and the TIE Advanced X-1, not the V-1, so Vader's, not the Inquisitor's. And coming up in Wave 3, the TIE Striker will make its return. Uh, Then for the Rebel Alliance, we have the T-65 X-Wing. Uh, which is that newer model, the BTL A4 Y-Wing. For the Resistance, we have the uh, T-70 X-Wing and a new ship, the RZ-2 A-Wing. For Scum and Villainy, quite a bit, actually. We have the re-released Slave One expansion pack, the Fang Fighter, uh, and then we have the Mining Guild TIE, which is new, and the Z-95 AF-4 Headhunter is on its way back uh, in Wave 3 as well, along with Scum and Villainy having Lando's Millennium Falcon. Um, So now... Basically, each of the of three out of the five factions have a version of a YT-1300 that all are treated differently. Um, and then, of course, also in Wave Three, we have upcoming the stuff for the Separatist Alliance and the Galactic Republic. The Separatist Alliance is going to have the Sith Infiltrator Expansion Pack, the Vulture Droid Expansion Pack, and you can also get two Vulture Droids and Soulless One Grievous's ship in the Servants of Strike. Expansion pack. Three ships in one. Uh, for Galactic Republic, you can get the Arc 170. You can get the Delta 7 Ether Sprite. And you can get uh, another Delta 7 Ether Sprite plus two Torrent uh, V19 Torrent Starfighters in the Guardians of the Republic squadron pack. And yes, the Vulture Droids, the two in Servants of Strife versus the one as a separate expansion pack and the one other sprite in guardians of the Republic and the one other sprite in its expansion pack are different paint schemes, kind of like they did with things like, uh, uh, you know, like the heroes of the empire or whatever, um, packs a while back. So right now we've got, you know, some pretty cool stuff coming up because we do have two new factions that we can talk about here. Um, but one of the concerns raised is an important one. I think I raised this, this issue before, which is, They've separated out First Order, and they've separated out the Resistance. And while that's cool and all, and it makes sense logically, I'm not sure it works from a game perspective yet, because those are woefully tiny uh, factions right now. I mean, the First Order's basically got the Upsilon, the TIE Silencer, the First Order TIE, and the Special Forces TIE. And then the Resistance basically has Rey's Millennium Falcon, as they're calling it now— um, They've got the resistance bomber. You've got the T-70 X-Wing and then Poe's version of the T-70 X-Wing. And that's it. Those are some really thin conversion kits whenever we started taking a look at them on my YouTube channel where you can find you know, breakdowns of all this stuff. Um, so it seems to me that if you're wanting some balanced gameplay between factions, it's pretty slim pickings for resistance and first order, which was the case before. But before you can mix and match them with the Rebel Alliance and Galactic Empire. Um Now, I mean, they I I mean, at this point, as soon as wave three comes out, we will have more of the separatist and the um, Republic factions or pretty damn close to more than we have for resistance or first order, which brings up another piece of Chris's email. Because I think that's a little bit worrisome if we want a balanced game from a from a competitive standpoint that we've got factions that are way, way tinier than the others. Um, assuming you're using conversion kits to use previously existing ships, but in some—I mean, to some degree even not counting that. Um, but he says, in a more positive way of looking at the same thing, says another aspect that really has my attention is the separation of the rebels and resistance and empire and first order into separate factions. For the sake of argument, the resistance and first order factions are indeed smaller factions. That also provides an interesting situation in X-Wing where the ship slash card pool is smaller and therefore more accessible. Now, yes, smaller does tend to mean less variety, less choice, but then the Rebel and Imperial factions are both there with tons of depth. I'm not saying I think Resistance to First Order should be tiny factions, but having less things to buy could make it more approachable. And given that Fantasy Flight Games has implied that with the app, they could designate certain competitive events as original trilogy only, sequel trilogy only, and what have you, we could potentially see events where those smaller factions are embraced, allowing a point of entry into competitive play. Where if you only have a handful of ships, you're not dead before you start playing. Um, I mean, we've, we've had taken a very similar approach conceptually to some of the other stuff we talked about uh, in this episode. But I, I mean, I think he has a point there. Mm-hmm. But no, it does still—it it worries me. But him saying that, and, and the aspect of it being an easier point of entry. Does give it gives me pause. It makes me less worried than I would be without keeping those types of things in mind. It's still iffy to me, though. Yeah,
0: I mean, I I think as a whole, I think everything's fine. I I think that they've, um, like I said, uh, previously, X Wing is still just crazy popular. Um, and you know, I I don't think it's going to be a situation of you know, that the game's really gonna be hurting. I I think that uh fans of the game you know, are willing to give it uh time to to solve its problems. And I think that um you know, they do a a, a pretty good job of listening and trying to to change things and everything. So I, I think that, you know, they've gotta just sort of get stuff banged out. But uh I, I don't think it's anything uh dire but yeah
1: is what it is just true now the other aspect that makes 2.0 very different from 1.0 is the fact that you have to use the app to build your squads there are these little quick build cards that help you build uh, ships out using certain cards to a certain threat level so that you can then use them within gameplay but for the most part, you're going to be building your own squadrons, but you're going to be doing it with the app. And the app itself keeps track of the points, which is something that is not on the cards at all anymore as far as squad building. If you're going to build a squad, you must use the app, period. Although when I say app, there's also a browser-based version of it. Um, something interesting that Chris added to that email, so the last piece we'll take out of his email here, but I thought it was an interesting point is that he points out that one of the comments of the designers um, that caught his attention was that there was a a bonus of going with the app because they can change points in a much easier manner. So they can focus on making the pilots feel like pilots. They can spend their time ensuring Darth Vader feels like Darth Vader, for example, then worry about balancing his cost later. He says, I don't know about you, but I like the sound of that. Mm -hmm. The fact that you could sort of make hot fixes or patches Essentially to a tabletop game by going through the app and changing and tweaking the costs and the balance of that, there's a part of me that says, wait a second, that's going to make it somewhat unpredictable. But the the majority of my reaction to that is, dude, that's pretty sweet because I'm used to playing video games where a lot of times they tweak balance later and it vastly improves the game from the way that it was upon launch. And you typically can't do that with a tabletop game because everybody's got the cards out there. I mean, unless you're looking at a giant errata that tells you new card costs or something, um, you wouldn't typically be able to do that. So in that sense, that's definitely a positive uh, for the app side of things, I would think. The mm-hmm. the balancing, what do you think? I mean, was this something, I wasn't into the competitive side of things. Was the balance of costs something that they were really having much of an issue with prior to 2.0?
0: Yes. Oh yeah. I mean uh, basically um you know that that was the one thing that they realized that um some people would actually do um like they, they would come up with like a mathematical cost and and then um essentially assign points to something based on what that ship uh had and then they would use that to then determine if the uh, if a ship that would come out would uh you know cost too much or uh under cost or or whatever um and there was a there was a lot of issues with that there were some like uh before the the upgrades for instance the uh uh tie defender was it cost way too much so no one ever played it uh the b wings did not cost um in a lot of ways i kind of feel like the b-wing sort of broke the game uh when it came out because it you know it it just it was uh it cost a lot less than what it should have and that's um i think where everything started because then at that point you had to kind of make everything fit in with the b-wings cost rather than You know, the B Wing, I feel like if the B Wing would have just cost more than what they released it as, then everything would have been fine. But then to now have to try to find ways to, you know, retroactively pull everything up to the cost of the B Wing, I think that's where a lot of the balance issues
1: started. Interesting. Now, have you had a chance to check out the squad builder yet? I have not.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. I know, I know. I'm 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 terrible. Um and it's like I said, it's one of those things where I'm like, I am interested in doing this. But I also have these things and I'm you know, and I'm like, I need to do this and everything. And so I just try to prioritize stuff for like, you know, oh I need to get this done by this date and this done by this date and everything. And so X-Wing stuff just keeps getting pushed back, and, and then yeah. I look and I go, holy crap, it's been three months.
1: <laughs> well, we will tell you what, there's a couple of app-based things that I wanted to bring to our attention, both in terms of this and one other one that we haven't mentioned that actually gave me a little bit of hope for a game that we just talked about that may be dying. Um, but basically the squad builder, you're going to go in and you're going to tell it which products you have. Right. So that it at least um, it's narrowing down your options for you, because that'll tell you, like, which cards you have, which minis. I mean, it's not just a minis thing. It is a cards thing. Um, and it basically right now is showing you the conversion kit option and the individual ships that have been re-released for 2.0. So the the conversion kits will give you some new options, which just know that primarily the products that it's showing you is the new ones. Um, there's a full database of cards you can search by to find. Um, you can save your squads for later use. And what I think is nice is that if you're going to start playing uh, a new game, if you're going to build a new squad, before you even choose your faction out of the four that exist now, and then of course it'll be, uh, or sorry, five that exist now, and the seven that'll exist later, you actually have to choose which game mode you're going to to go with. So you can play an extended game, which is a 200-point Game basically, right? Uh, Everything that X Wing has to offer, as they put it. Um, There are new variants that you can choose Um, variants including um, No Glory, Playing Favorites Version 2, Battle of Yavin, Season of Giving, and Evacuation of Dakar, which give you certain scenarios. Um, You can break out uh, the hyperspace aspect of the game that only includes the second edition core set and uh, ship expansion. So none of the conversion kit stuff available for a 200 point game. And then you can actually set up um, a custom format experience. So the app wound up being a little bit more than just, Hey, build your squad for regular X-Wing play. Um, It's got the different game modes in it and balances costs and whatnot uh, based on that and balances your options based on what is in your collection, which makes it, and it's and it, you log into it so that it not only saves it, but you can get access to it through, say, Fantasy Flight Games' website. Um, it makes it a more versatile thing than it looked like, and they're pretty frequent at putting out uh, patches to it and updating it. They're on version 1.1 now, but uh, after 1.0, they had uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 1.0 point something updates before they got to 1.1. So they're pretty pretty on it as far as that goes. I did also want to mention something that had previously completely slipped my mind as like a side note here, which is that uh, if you do still play uh, Imperial Assault and love the campaign aspect of it, uh, you remember that campaign app that's out there that's available? Uh, the Legends of the Alliance app that basically runs part of the game for you if you follow the rules that it lays out. Um, so that you can play even more with Imperial Assault. Not only is there the tutorial mode and Flight of the Freedom Fighter, uh, which was the campaign that was built into it, um, they relatively recently, at least since the last time we talked about it, have updated that app to include Jabba's Realm, a an app version of Jabba's Realm as well. So uh, Imperial Assault players who like playing campaign have that app aspect um, beefed up for them as well. Uh, Fantasy Flight's really kind of, kind of upping their game when it comes to the apps as companions to game. Even the Dice app looks nicer now, plays a little bit better now. It feels like it's a little slicker now, um, which is nice. I mean, they've really been sort of focusing in on that, honing in on the app aspect of game. Uh, Not not thinking of them necessarily always as just companions that are optional to a game, but with stuff like, you know, the squad builder giving us something that's required for the game, but making sure that it's actually done right. Mm -hmm. If it is required and it was a mess... The whole thing collapses, but they've really taken the time to make sure, seemingly, that it's it's doing its job, at least from what I can tell.
0: Yeah, and and I have always loved the the dice app, but fair warning, um, especially like in a more uh, tournament based setting. Uh, well, heck, not e- not even tournament. Like, but if you want to go to, like, say, um, you know, just a casual night.
1: People really don't like it. <laughs> it's yeah, a, that's more. I feel like the Dice app is more of like a thing for yourself. You know, when you're playing just among friends at home. But or that's something what I'm like saying. That. I'm
0: talking about just playing among friends, like at the store. Oh, even
1: even even at home or at the store. They're like, nope, sorry. Nope. Yeah. Well, because I mean, they, of they don't the, of a, the way that the algorithms work or something. I mean,
0: it's. I think it's it's just a situation because I've asked people about. It, they're like, well, you know, they're like, it's the official app and everything. They're Like, I just don't like just because they people feel like yeah because it's you know it's it's one thing to say oh look you know and and you might could kind of quickly change something on the app or whatever i I just i know that just as a whole or at least in my area people have been very um they have they have not liked the app reticent
1: they've been reticent yeah
0: but but now i will say though they have to be careful with it because like your um you you know like the judges and stuff can't ban them because it's official you know it's official stuff it's just something that's not i don't want to say frowned upon but you know it's not exactly you know welcomed with
1: it it sounds like you're leaning into and i I know you're not saying this Mm -hmm. so so i'm not putting these words in my mouth but it sounds like you're almost leaning into true fan territory (laughs) <laughs> a true fan of X Wing would use the real dice. I, I don't are even think just it's that. Noob? Are you just a noob? Are you just a casual to be using the app? It, it it almost feels like there's a delineation where it's if it, if it's being looked down upon, those who are using it are being looked down upon. That would suggest, you know, not not goodness.
0: Yeah, it's like I said, it's it's not even a situation of of like, oh no, this is the the only way you should play. It's like I said, it's more of just concern of cheating. Um, that, like I said, that seems like a lot of people um, in my local area have, uh, you know, whether that be, um, you know, whether they have any sort of basis for it or not, I think, you know, you could question, but it's just something that, like I said, I've noticed. It doesn't bother me, but I also, I'm just, I'm not a super competitive person. I like, you know, I like to play for fun. I mean, sure, winning is great and everything, but, you know, I just, to me, it's, it's, even if I lose, um, you know, if, if I did some cool stuff while I was playing, that I'll remember way more than if I actually won or lost.
1: You remind me of of our first times trying Nemesis, which I would keep bringing up because it's freaking awesome. Um, but but it's, a, it's survival horror in space. It's like the Aliens movies all rolled into one. And the first time we died in a horribly grisly way. and my th- and, and the response afterwards wasn't, that sucks, we lost. It was, oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. The way we died was so awesome. Right, right.
0: Second, I mean that's to me that is um it's it's just as important. I mean, it, you know, like going back to uh you know Dungeons and Dragons, to me the um a lot of the stuff that goes wrong, like if I remember back cuz I mean it's something that I've played for years and years, right? Going back to it it's something that I remember the um, a lot of the failures and, and mess ups and just like ridiculous stuff as much or more than the stuff that you know of like oh man, remember that time that I just completely killed that guy and I was awesome No I don't like have those memories but like oh my god, remember that time that I accidentally cast fireball on myself and almost died because I was levitating and nobody could hear uh, could heal me. That Remember was when I rolled
1: the one and, and died of immediate super cancer? Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. 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 I hear you. I hear so. you. Um so yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much the gist, I think, of of 2.0. Lots of changes, um, new factions, interesting questions of balancing, the use of the app. Um, and we'll of course be following it as we go, especially when wave three drops and we finally get some uh uh some actual separatist and republic ships in our hands along with a few others uh you said we had some other emails uh when we dive into those
0: jeremy writes hi guys just wanted to say that i love the retrospective episode on masters of terras kazi uh would love to hear more of these types of episodes here are a couple of ideas uh star wars rebellion uh dark forces series x-wing series episodes uh one and the third person game uh, force unleashed games the original battlefront games oh and how about the yoda story seeing as you guys love that game ha 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 ha, ha. i'm happy to listen to um, any legends lucas game retrospects as they were worth the time playing even if they did suck that is true that's once again like we were talking about like uh, with terras kazi it's like you know what i have a lot of memories from it wasn't great wasn't you know everything <laughs> was roses but it was memorable <laughs>
2: um,
1: yep, yep. Yep. Uh, as Panic at the Disco once said, oh, but what a shame. What a shame. The poor fighter's name is whore um, or something <laughs> like that uh, yeah. and something about shutting a door, too. Um, Yeah, I mean, those <laughs> retrospectives were always fun because yeah. one, it, it's easy for us to do because it doesn't have to be timely. Right? An episode like this kind of needs to be a little bit timely. One of mm-hmm. those, we're looking back on something, it can really just sort of take a breath and do it when we feel like we're ready to discuss it on whatever we feel like discussing, um, which is a great bit of freedom. I'm absolutely up for... Uh, Many of those, especially mm. Force Unleashed, because Force Unleashed is still my favorite Star Wars video game series of all time. I'm actually about to start replaying them probably on Xbox One from the Xbox 360 versions. Um, but as Nate, I'm about to send the Wii version out the door as I sell off my Wii U. I loved the Force Unleashed games, despite the fact that there wasn't a third and it was left on an unresolved cliffhanger that somehow must have been resolved.
0: But Nate, there's no way that you can clone a Jedi. He says to you on the comm as you're staring at a factory of uh clones of yourself.
1: Well not only that, but the <laughs> guy who's saying you can't that Master Cola who's saying you can't clone a Jedi, his own what was it, Padawan got cloned back in the um Elite Squadron <laughs> Battlefront game? So it's kinda like, what the hell are you talking about, man? I know. But yeah, I mean the the, the Force Unleashed games were fantastic. That'd be a yeah, great yeah. thing to return to. Um and just kind of delve into uh, a little bit more with, uh, mm-hmm. which is – which it's, it's funny because I make a Panic at the Disco reference because I'm finally starting to get into the band. And I, I remember thinking that uh, Sam Witwer, a.k.a. Starkiller, mm-hmm. could be brothers with Brandon Urie, the lead singer of Panic at the Disco. I'm,
2: I'll I'm take all your all word for the it. Place, I have no I'm idea what But I'm these totally things
1: are. all for that. And maybe with a Panic at the Disco playing in the background or something so we can get a copyright strike or something.
0: <laughs> all right. I don't think that's how – podcasts typically work, but um, but yeah, and oh, then wait, he, he, on YouTube. Yes, he yeah, YouTube. he finishes up here, I'll just kind of summarize that basically it's a shame that they uh, closed Lucas Arts. and I agree with you, sir it uh yep it's that at the time, I was like, no, okay, that's fine, you know, whatever, and then as time's gone by, and I'm like, no, no, it's <laughs> i wish that I wish that they would have uh, kept that open. I was wrong i i can I'm a grown up, I can admit when I'm wrong. And uh, this was one of those times I really wish that uh that Lucas Arts was still a thing because those games you know, like you said in your email uh, they were um, you know they may not have been great, but at least they were you know f- worth checking out and you know just mm-hmm. fun to 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 talk about you know they they okay. were memorable and yeah, the only thing that we've really gotten so far. Um, you know, I mean, you can count the. Le- I always just like sort of don't count the Lego games, uh, which would be a great uh, segue into this next email here. But uh, I am going to screw it up. Uh, I don't count them for whatever reason. I mean, I guess you should, but I don't know. To me, I kind of see them as Lego games first, and then Star Wars secondary. and And I thought the Force mm-hmm. Awakens one was good. Um, I really liked that one but holding that one to the side
1: all we really have are the two battlefront games so yeah, looking back on LucasArts and whether or not it was a good thing you know hindsight is 2020 except right now my hindsight is blocked by the ashes and smoke of the smoldering ruin that the oh. potential has been oh that's just the know. last
0: two games that were canceled.
1: Yeah, that 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 too. As I said, that he woke up from, from starting to nap, and he's looking at me with that face like I'm about to cry. I'm he's like, cry. Oh, I want thirteen, no, thirteen. No, it's okay. Lucas Arts was gone before you were born, man. It's all right.
0: He's like, it's but fine. I, he's like, but I still miss thirteen, thirteen retroactively. I know,
1: I know. I mean, imagine this is a child that's going to grow up in a you know in an era in which you know digital purchases are what you do. Like, what is what is that disc? Is that a coaster? kind of thing? <laughs> it, is that cassette a cassette player? How do you start it? What is this thing about popping out tabs? God, I'm old. Anyway, um, All yes, right. so yeah. Yeah, let's do some more retrospectives. Let's figure out some stuff. Do you have an ability to go back and, say, replay um, the Force Unleashed games at this point? Do you still have them or could get them cheaply or something? I have almost every
0: Star Wars game in one form or another with, like, some obscure... Um, uh um like like there's some of the ones that i believe are more like computer games um that i may not have
1: and Star Wars then, chess
0: i do not have Star Wars chess um i don't think i do i may have i may have gotten that in a humble humble bundle i'd have to look and see uh but i don't think so um and then um you know some of the the more like uh uh handheld games that came out like some of those i don't have uh, but I mean, I can I can always acquire them. I mean, these things, eBay exists for a reason, and that reason is to give us podcast content. I think.
1: Yeah, as long as you haven't sold off all your old systems, pretty much like I have or I am. I'm even selling off my uh, my Kinect Star Wars limited edition Star Wars Xbox 360 now to a, a, a podcasting friend because I, I just don't ever play that system. Yeah. I I don't have the space for this crap. I it's all I hear being you. Taken but... up by. X-wing. and assaults and legion. I, I'm not going to lie, that does hurt my heart a little bit cuz
0: I'm like, it's so good though. <laughs> I mean, this that's the thing. True. too. I like my uh my Darth Vader PS4. I really do, but I don't I think that you can there's like a quality drop each time. Like you go from that uh R2 Xbox 360, which was just like I think probably Beautiful. Yeah, I mean, I, if it's not the best um like exclusive console ever done it's it's at least in the top right i mean it was really really nice but then you drop down to the um like the vader ps4 that i got which i think i still think really nice um there's some things that are kind of questionable like they're like uh oh here's the the controller and i'm like okay i mean it's fine or whatever yeah you know because it's his uh it's I don't really see it, but okay, fine, whatever, um, you know. But I mean, a lot of people like that controller. I remember we were getting uh, people emailing us asking, or you know, either asking or saying that they would love to just get the controller. Um, so I think it looked nice, but it didn't have, you know, some of the cool details. Like um, you know, one of the things that I love about that R two one was like you open it up and it says, I think it says, uh, "Help me, Obi Wan Kenobi" or something like that on the disc tray.
1: Something like that, yeah, and it makes the R2-D2 sounds when you right. turn it on or open the disc tray, and it's got the controller that looks like C-3PO's yeah. abdomen, basically. Just, just
0: those little nuances yeah. that just really made that thing awesome. And then you get up to the last PS, the PS4 Pro, where they're just like, eh, we just slapped a Rebel sticker on one corner, a Empire sticker on the other corner, and then in the middle we just slapped an even bigger uh, Inferno Squad sticker. And it's like,
1: yep. that... And if and it's, if my experience is any indication, we also added in a substandard optical drive that's going to die on you with <laughs> year.
0: Yeah, they probably did that too. But I, I, that's that's probably a little less. Is that a feature fault. or is that a bug? <laughs> I'm <not really> sure. <laughs> that I, I don't think we can blame them for that. But point being, it just super, um, you know, it's, it's, there's no uh, um, it's lazily done. You know, and and I, I hate that. Once again, I, I I thought Inferno Squad was cool. That the uh, that was something I I really enjoyed about this uh, era of, of gaming. I th- I think that's the one thing that they've really done well. Um, you know, aside from the uh, 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 online blunders and and your uh, uh, what were they shards, whatever the uh, the freemium stuff or whatever. I don't know. Point being, You're talking about uh, uprising. No, no, I'm talking about uh sorry, I, I know I really started to kind of.
1: Just... Sorry, I get distracted by a, a pouty <laughs> no, get, face again.
0: Um, No, the uh, the uh, um, Battlefront 2, the. Uh... The Crystals? Crystals, there you go. Yeah, I was trying to remember like what it was that they were charging for. Um, yes, but yeah. so you said
1: premium and I thought, immediately thought uprising. But right, yeah,
0: yeah I know. I couldn't think and that was like a, a word that I'm like, it's. It's synonymous, but it may confusing, and it did. <laughs> it was too confusing, so my bad. Um, but point being, yeah. That aside, you know, like I said, I liked the the campaign that they had for it, and um, but I don't think that they really uh, reflected that as much as they could have. Uh, I mean, honestly, the the actual they should have just put the um, like the Inferno Squad. Um, uh, uh, TIE Fighter helmet, you know, that's that's the game cover, if they would have put that
1: on the PS4, I would have been all about that. Or even just make it the the color and style of it without it even looking like the helmet per se,
0: but, you know, with yeah. just the
1: symbol on it. But that color scheme, that cool kind of bluish, you know, like the mm-hmm. the light reflecting on the black armor type color scheme would have been awesome. That and the symbol
2: yeah. would
1: have worked better than, the, yeah. than but, the way that it wanted to look. I mean, looking.
0: this, honestly, now I'm just like, eh, like, who would you know? It, it to me, it, it doesn't entice anyone to to go get that PlayStation because you could essentially just go buy some vinyl stickers of those symbols. I mean, you could you can easily go, I guarantee you can go on eBay right now, find vinyl stickers in those sizes, um, for all three of those symbols and slap them on your, your PlayStation if that's what you really wanted. But why? Because it's just very lazily done. <laughs>
1: You could actually get uh, a Rebel and Imperial symbol sticker from, uh, what was it, uh, Disney Movie Rewards, more <laughs> or less for free if you bought Rogue One in any form pretty much, you know, ages ago. So, yeah, pretty readily uh, readily available. All
0: right, so we really just had one last email, and this is from uh, Jason Graham, and he says... Uh, is there any new info on a Lego Star Wars game? After 100%ing Lego uh, The Force Awakens, I'm jonesing for some new stuff. Obviously, plenty of content with Rogue One, The Last Jedi, and Solo. Fingers are crossed uh, for some good news. The podcast is great. Don't stop. Maybe retro visits on uh, Republic Commando, uh, Star Wars Rebellion, uh, this is, which are a couple of my faves. And it says, sincerely, uh, Jason Graham. So, unfortunately, I haven't heard anything, which is kind of odd but then maybe not. Do you have any sort of...
1: So, I haven't heard anything, but uh, I did a little bit of research here as we were looking into this, and it's interesting because there's this company called TT Games, and within TT Games are different subsidiaries like Traveler's Tales and TT Fusion. Traveler's Tales is the one that did all of the LEGO Star Wars games for consoles until Force Awakens. And then TT Fusion was the one that did the handheld versions of the Lego Star Wars games, uh, or at least the handheld version of uh, uh, Lego Star Wars The Complete Saga and Lego Star Wars 3 The Clone Wars. And then they were the ones who did The Force Awakens for consoles, like just in general it looks like. So I'm assuming um, that the passing off may have had some type of effect, because I'm looking at the release schedules here, and... It looks like Traveler's Tales for the LEGO games. They've just put out LEGO DC Super Villains, but it looks like they're heading towards LEGO Movie 2 video game. Oh, I'm sure you'll be excited about that, little buddy. <laughs> um, uh, everything is awesome. And then uh, TT Fusion just put out LEGO The Incredibles last year and is on their way to LEGO Movie 2 as well, at least it would appear to be, at least according to their uh, uh, Wikipedia entry of, of the different games they've developed. So I'm looking at it. It looks like most years... Each of these has put out one, maybe two games. Mm-hmm. So it could just be that they just don't have the development space to do so. Well, I um, wonder if. But it it... May, or, or maybe the last one just was not as financially successful as, as the others had been. But it's interesting that they switched over to TT Fusion and now have stopped. I'm wondering if this is part of a broader process, not just they've stopped. But I mean, then something about the switch to TT Fusion and then the stopping is related.
2: Well,
0: but here's another thing that um, may have to consider perhaps um it may have something to do with ea having the exclusive license i mean i know obviously that uh the force awakens came out during that time but maybe there was something going on then um that um you know is different than now like maybe they pay you know they paid to try to um you, you know maybe they paid both um uh, uh EA and you know Lucasfilm or whatever so that they could make that game or maybe they had some sort of um you know previous contract that said like oh well you know if there's an, another movie then we get you know the the rights to that first one or whatever um you know something along those lines
1: i'm i'm wondering it, if it's something... it some could be of- but i mean i'm thinking about it and and I mean, this was a game. Given when it was released and when it was announced, mm-hmm. surely that, that the EA thing was already a done deal by that time. Um, it, it the the Force Awakens Lego game was teased in February of 2016, right. officially announced uh, right around. Or I guess it was uh, uh, it was teased and then announced, I guess, because of some leaks around February of 2016. Surely, surely. Um, you know, given the timing of, of the purchase of Lucasfilm and, and you know, everything else going along with that, I mean, that's something... I mean, even the new books started showing up mid-2014. I can't imagine there's any way that this still would have been something that was, oh, it was in development, so... Yeah, well, I don't know. I, there's, there's, but maybe it's reason, not I'm so much the development. It must be a separate um, licensing agreement. Or, or it could be an outstanding contract. You know what I'm saying? Like it could be. I mean, it was published through Warner Brothers Interactive and Warner Brothers. Um, I and mean, that that's you know, Time Warner they own Cartoon Network, which is where the Lego you know, TV shows were and where the original Clone mm-hmm. Wars are. Well, where Clone Wars with the on it was originally before Netflix. Um, so I don't know. I'm looking at this here and I'm just kind of like, eh. it just it it just seems. I, if it's just an EA exclusivity thing, then that's one more thing to be annoyed with the exclusivity for.
0: Oh yeah, for sure.
1: But it just seems odd that it was still able to get out. The, the The Force Awakens was still able to get out when it was. Right,
0: right. And that, and like I said, that's the thing that that's throwing me off, and that's why I can only think, you know, basically, because I know a lot of times, you know, when you have these contracts with stuff, there's a lot of a lot of stuff will get uh, signed in for sequels. So that's why I'm wondering if like when they did their last uh, Lego game or whatever, they may have had in their contract that if, say, for instance, they make another Star Wars film, um, then they could, th- you know, they had the rights to make a uh, a Lego game for it, potentially. And then even though they ended up selling the rights to EA, that wouldn't override, you know, that contract that they had already signed uh, with Lego. Right. So I mean ah, that's the only ah. thing I can possibly think of because um, I mean it may be like you said that like eh maybe the game didn't do that well but i don't I don't think so. I mean I think those games usually do really well um I could I could understand them not doing say a Rogue one or a solo, but I would have thought they would have done one for the last Jedi.
1: You have to take your Lego Luke so he dies. <laughs> Or something like that. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's. It'd be nice to see another one, but it looks like there's not any in the cards. Mm -hmm. But as to why, that's. That's interesting. It's going to be an interesting. I'm curious. uh, As far as what the review scores tended to be for it, but I'm not really. I don't tend to be a Metacritic. uh, (laughs) Hunter, let's see. Um, Seven out of ten according to GameSpot. Nine out of ten from IGN. yeah, it, it was in the top position for uh, five consecutive weeks in, I guess, the UK, um, second LEGO game to do so. Yeah, so
0: it sounds like it was massively successful.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, so maybe it is just a, a licensing thing. We yeah, need I mean, some kind could, of actual clarity. It, it would be that, or,
0: or maybe, because, you know, with um, previously they did... Uh, you know, they did like one, two, and three, right? So they did Oh right, yeah. the first one that covered all of the uh, prequel games and then the, or all the prequel movies, and then the second one covered all of the um, OT films. So maybe they're thinking, you know, they wanted to, to put a game out with The Force Awakens, but now maybe they'll just do like a sequel trilogy game.
1: Possibly, but we also had Lego Star Wars 3, which was Clone Wars, so you would hope that maybe they'd be announcing like, Lego Star Wars Rebels! Or something. Now that Rebels is done, there's plenty of ways to milk the franchise without having to wait until the end of a trilogy. And yet, we get crickets. Yeah, so, I don't know. I don't know. There's there's a lot to it. So so basically, we, we just s- spend a lot of time responding by basically saying we don't have a clue. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, that Jason. Right but here. we spend don't know.
0: Basically, <laughs> I mean, Fill in the air with the federal or anything. At least we're at least we're we're trying to you know do a little critical thinking here, try to look at all the aspects and, and try to determine why um, that's, sure. that's second to, you know, doing the research on it. Now, if we would have planned ahead, I, I, I probably should have went and did some research on it, but I forgot. So instead, you know, trying to do that now on air was not very, uh, you know, it's not very interesting to listen to. So instead, we're just gonna sit here and try to come up with some things and speculate.
1: Could and... be worse. I had hmm. a friend of mine who was freaking out that there wouldn't be any more Lego Star Wars games uh, after what happened with the company that made like The Walking Dead. Uh-huh. A- a- uh huh. Yeah, and Telltale I was, like, games. know how to explain that there's a difference between Traveler's Tales and Telltale? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, we we are in better shape than than some. That's
0: true. Yeah, um, that was also unfortunate because Telltale like. You know, that was one that took everybody surprise, by surprise. Um, I know we're starting to get far afield again, but it's video games. Um, but because everything was, you know,
1: very successful. Like, they had... But single-player story-based games, they're not the future.
0: Well, apparently not, because they went out of business. But um, I think it probably had more to do with... Prophecy. I think it probably had to do with like profit management and stuff like that. I would have to imagine cuz I mean those games were making money and realistically they weren't super complex games. So I don't know, but that's that's a totally different story for really another person's podcast since it's exactly. not Star Wars related. But anyhow, uh sorry we couldn't um give you a better answer, Jason, but uh, we both love those games too. So <laughs> hopefully we'll we'll see something uh before too long. Uh you know, worst case scenario, it certainly seems like um in 5 years that uh we may actually start to get some Star Wars games again.
1: <laughs> Star Wars games in general. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow.
0: I mean, I'm wow. I'm I'm trying to be positive, man. I mean, Kate'll be 5 years old at that point. So that'll mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm something to consider but uh, okay. yeah just look down the road alright well I guess uh, we'll go ahead and end on that depressing note
1: <laughs> I say, every, everybody has grabbed their beers <laughs> and are now sitting in the corner like damn
0: <laughs> <laughs> well I mean look I guess look on the bright side if the worst thing that we've got going on in our life right now is not enough good Star Wars video games then mm, could be worse
1: Yes, very true.
0: Though some could argue that it is because there's other things to worry about. But we don't talk about those things on this podcast. So instead, why don't you go ahead and send us an email or a tweet or a uh, Facebook message uh, or post over at um, those three places. It's just uh, Cloud City Casino. Uh, Cloud City Casino at Gmail for the email. And, um, you know, just Cloud City Casino at, uh, on the others. Does it say Casino on the first or does it say Cloud City?
1: Let me Honestly, you over. say you say that every episode, so I had stopped paying attention and was checking with the baby.
0: Let me try again.
1: But I don't think he's ever heard it, so <laughs> the, of course he's not hearing it now because I've got headphones on, but still.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Let me start that over then. You can uh, just reach us at cloudcitycasino at gmail.com for our email. Uh, and then of course we'll we'll read your email on the show. Uh, like we've done for these fine folks, or you can always just hit us up on Twitter or Facebook. It's just Cloud City Casino over there. You can find me on Twitter, although not as much recently, but I'm starting to kind of get back in the swing of things. Uh, I'm just Morris Isley on Twitter, and Nate's got some places where you can find him.
1: Yep, you can find my book, A Saga on Home Video, over on Amazon. You can find my YouTube channel where I've got videos of all these new releases we've been talking about from Fantasy Flight Games right down to looking at individual components of the games. Um, Those are all over at youtube.com slash chronoradio, chrono like chronology and then radio all run together like the title of my very first podcast back in the day. And uh, yeah, you can also find me on Star Wars Beyond the Films also at starwarsreport.com. And if you do follow me on Twitter at SWFanWorks, there has been a change. I have closed the Facebook page for the Star Wars Timeline Gold now. So it is now my author page on Facebook, which is just facebook.com slash Nathan P. Butler author as one giant word, that will be reposting to the at SWFanWorks Twitter account. Um, so if you're looking for news about me and writing, like, greater good going to have a new edition that's going to include my old novella echoes that hasn't been available in a while as bonus content and stuff like that then yeah uh, the at SW SWFanworks will now be looking at that kind of stuff rather than reposting from the timeline page because the timeline page doesn't exist anymore Oh no! yeah it's okay though it's, it, it was time it was time
0: alright so with that there's nothing else to be said except
1: let the Wookiee win Can't win at a new Star Wars video game for a while though. Yeah, according to Michael, not for like five years or something. <laughs> Let the Wookiee win because he's playing with First Order and Resistance, and you feel sorry for him because Ouch. there's not a lot of ships to choose from.
0: That's rough. But absolutely true.
1: Let the Wookiee win because he plays Armada and he's in mourning. Oh damn. <laughs>
0: this this episode got really dark. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, well, at least there's always Imperial Assault. Oh, damn it. Oh, no, no. Uh, oh, that's all right. I'm waiting for the next chapter of Uprise. Oh,
0: <laughs> so I think at some point this is just going to be the podcast where we get together and just hang out and be like, yeah, we used to talk about video games, but
1: <laughs> just talk about just random, whatever the you feel like. Here you yeah. go. All right, let me push the button now. This, this party's is over. Is over.